1: Nesson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia.
2: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
3: Eagles fans, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tony Dishos II, and I'm joined by none other than our Philadelphia Eagles insider, John McMullen. Make sure you guys smash that like button, and on top of that, Make sure you're you're subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. A lot of content's been popping on lately. The Philadelphia Eagles have been giving us a lot to sink our teeth into. So, John, um, let you know, let's be just be fully transparent here. You have a hard out at 6:50 Eastern time. So, we got about 25 to 30 minutes to really shoot the you know what. So, let's get right into it. Um, first and foremost, how are you? Second and uh I guess second most. Um What's going on with the Philadelphia Eagles right now? Uh they've been getting a lot of heat over the past several days and Nick Sirianni seems like he's in front of the line.
2: Yeah, what's not going on? I mean, this uh, uh, you know, the on the field stuff is one thing. They're struggling obviously on the field, but the off the field stuff is completely self-inflicted. Um so they're going through what they created in, in the strange change from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia plus You know, some of the things Nick has said over the past uh, week and a half and and Jalen Hurts as well with the commitment stuff and all that kind of stuff. So um, a lot of self-inflicted wounds down there. Um, And, um, you know, the good news is New York Giants time. So maybe the Giants can get them um, be the tonic to get them right, because winning tends to. Solve any everything in this league, and the Eagles should have a very good chance, obviously, to beat the New York Giants on uh Christmas Day. You
3: know, when when all this really set into motion, you and I haven't really had a chance to speak uh since that Seahawks game, uh the day before the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, Matt Patricia takes over for Sean Desai. Sean Desai is still in the building. Um, then they lose that game, and we haven't spoken since then. And Nick Sirianni's had a lot to say. Uh, one thing in particular that I think he's been getting one of the uh, – probably the most heat for was when he mentioned the fact that, you know, this is his team and that they've been doing the exact same thing year after year after year. And then you couple that with the um, – how do you say? Uh, attempt at a free play before the free play was even given with the uh, defensive pass <laughs> interference um, conversation. So um, when you heard that stuff come come across the wire – uh, what, were, what were some of your instant reactions?
2: Well, I know Nick well enough. I mean, he said that many times to us. It's his offense, It's and that's what he meant by that. It, and, you know, for the people attacking Brian Johnson, you know, to his credit, he said, look, if you're going to attack the offense, attack me, because whether Shane Steikins here or Brian Johnson – um or Kevin Petullo down the road, or Alex Tanny, or somebody else. It's going to be Nick Sirianni's offense, as long as Nick Sirianni is here, and he's going to have a a play caller because he wants to manage the whole game. So that's the way he wants to do it. Um, It's been successful for the most part, um, so I don't have any issues with that part of it. The the same offense, boy, man. Yes, I get it. I get it every morning. Um, where people hear something and boom, they go in a different direction. Um, He didn't mean they never add a play. They never add a wrinkle. They never do something different. He meant it's his offense that hasn't changed. Okay. Um, You're always evolving and and tweaking. He says that all the time as well. Um, So, you know, you can't control what other people do. Sometimes it gets frustrating. I know I get frustrated at it when people misunderstand or, or go in a different direction. Uh, I'm sure Nick does as well. But that's what he meant by that. As far as the pass interference, yeah, that's just uh, that's one of those self inflicted wounds. I mean, I think I think, um, and he can clarify clarify if he wants to clarify I think what he meant to say is you know we're going for a one-on-one shot with AJ Brown uh, down the field so that's a good thing typically that's a good chance if you get AJ one-on-one and then um, on top of that there's a potential pass interference but for some reason he started with the the pass interference and it came off like they designed a play to get pass interference. Mm-hmm. I don't think is the case, but you know, like I said, if he wants to clarify that, he can clarify because he stuck his uh, you know, foot in the you know what with that one. But uh yeah, it was a weird, disjointed answer. But I I don't think I don't think that's what he meant, is all I'll say. And
3: you know, and, and that's the thing, right? You know, he For me, in my opinion, one of my biggest criticisms of Nick Siriani is that sometimes I feel that he uh, over elaborates to a fault and he leaves so much room for uh, whatever he's trying to say to get misconstrued or misused or misquoted, whatever it may be. Um, I feel like he can still get his same points across, you know, more succinct. And again, like he again, you know, he rambles sometimes and I don't get why. I don't get it because it well, sometimes
2: sometimes he ran rambles the filibuster. Sometimes he's trying to run out the clock on these press conferences. Sometimes he gets into it. Sometimes he rambles like he's a, he, he's a football nerd. So sometimes you tweak his football nerd side. And he wants to talk about arcane things. Sometimes it's that sometimes mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of reasons. Um, in this case, I think, you know, he, he's, He's feeling the heat. He understands. He's taking criticism. He's not used to it. Um, They've been so successful, you know, 32 straight weeks with the best record. All of a sudden, they've lost three straight. People are taking shots at him. By the way, that's self-inflicted because of the way he acts uh, as well. Um, So when you spike the football on other teams when you're winning and, you know, shout in the face of their fans, you know, don't be surprised when people are rooting against you when you see some adversity. So, and by the way, I asked him that question weeks ago. He should have known this was coming. Um, and it's here. So either deal with it or, you know, you can, you can fall apart and we'll see how it shakes. Uh, but I do think the schedule is very, desirous for the Eagles to finish strongly Um, and I'm not sure but I don't I don't think it's going to mean much beating the Giants and the Cardinals and the Giants I don't think it's going to mean much other than make people feel a little bit better going in the playoffs but you know you look at this Giants team, I mean, 31st ranked offense, 32nd pass offense, 31st in points per game, 31st and third down offense, 30th in red zone offense. I mean, this is literally a prescription for somebody hurting. Um, You you can't get an easier matchup for a defense struggling. Can't. Right. right. There's so not it's supposed, one.
3: Especially in three street weeks, you know, you get to play. The, you get to play arguably the worst team in football, um, two times mm-hmm. out of th- two times out of three weeks, and um, one of the worst, you know, in, in, in week uh, seventeen. So, you know, that's what makes all of this so interesting because, you know, Nick Sirianni, this team, they're in a situation where, yeah, you can beat these teams, but it's not going to mean anything for the simple fact that. We looked at you as one of the upper echelon teams, the Cowboys, the Niners, teams like that, right? And so far, not only did you lose against those teams, you look like you didn't belong in the conversation. And then you follow that up with a loss to the Seahawks, a team that's clearly inferior than you. And they did everything to give you the game, especially with Pete Carroll's mismanagement of the timeouts. And you dropped that game. Now you have three layups in a row. and, And we're supposed to look at this team as they've been reborn or rejuvenated the best they can hope for as far as proving anything in my humble opinion is proving that they can somehow get the offense um back on track in terms of rhythm uh pacing uh, some continuity there you know try, try to get some consistent success offensively and hope that the defense can build you know establish some level of confidence over the next three weeks that's the most they can hope for but as far as gauging them on how far they can go in the playoffs that's that's long gone now what now the only way they can prove they're worthy is if they actually go into playoffs and win games.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I think, as I said, you're going to have a narrative that, Oh, you know, over the last month of the season, the Eagles are giving up, you know, whatever, 300 yards a game and under 20 points a game. And, you're going to have certain people excited by that, but it's not going to mean much um, exactly uh, until you get tested. And it might not even be to the second round because the, the bottom of the NFC playoff picture is probably going to be pretty ugly. Um, not probably, definitely. So ultimately you're talking about two teams, uh, Dallas and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, if if the Dallas game is in Dallas, you're probably going to lose. If it's here, you're probably going to win. And then you're um, talking about one team, and it's a team you don't match up well against. So, But, you know, they beat them last year. Why'd they beat them last year? Injuries. You don't know what's going to happen in the final month. Christian McCaffrey might sprain his ankle. Trent Williams might sprain his ankle. Debo might sprain his ankle. Wow. Completely different team. So that's sort of what you're hanging your hat on. But look, if they face the 49ers again in the NFC championship game and they're healthy and they're playing well, it's probably not going to go well. It's just not they don't have enough talent on defense to deal with what the 49ers can do.
3: And quite frankly, they put themselves in a position where um, they don't really have they don't really have the equity. You know, when you see like when you see what the Niners have been doing lately, makes it really hard to look at the Philadelphia Eagles and say, yeah, they're on par with that. You know, obviously, you know, you can't anyone who says they are right now just isn't watching the games. So, you know, you look at this team right now, they're 10 and 4, they're 10 and 4. Um, They obviously still have a chance to win their division. But the quarterback also has. Yeah, they should. They
2: should win the division. Um, It's 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 not official that if they went out, they win the division. Cause you're going to go all the way down to strength of victory. Uh, but it's almost inconsequential. The percentage that Dallas it, it is playing a much tougher schedule down the stretch. So if they yeah, win they those are. games, um, their strength of victories go up, but it's mm-hmm. going to be very, a bunch of weird stuff would have to happen. So.
3: Right. And that's, uh, and that's a good place to be when you're not in control of your own destiny. That's the, That's the position they put themselves in.
2: Well, they are though. Uh, In all, you know, there's a small percentage chance that the Eagles went out and the Cowboys went out. The Cowboys will win the division. There's a much stronger chance that if that happens, the Eagles win the division. So, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. If if they went out, they're going to win the division. The key is though, Detroit. If Detroit wins out. Uh and they have the same record as the Eagles. Detroit gets that second seed. Um so so the they're Eagles hoping for a Detroit game. loss
3: and they're leaning on strength and victory when it comes to the Cowboys, basically.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Detroit, I know they play the Vikings twice. They play the Cowboys and, as well. And the cat the Cowboys. So that's a big game. One of them has to lose that game. So that helps the Eagles as well. That's um a good point. It, because Who's- I do um Detroit, the Vikings don't match up well with Detroit. I do think Detroit will beat them twice if they're playing. They play in week 18. A lot of times, you know, if there's nothing to play for.
3: By your estimation, the Eagles are better served with Detroit losing that game than the Cowboys.
2: Hmm. It's. Um, because you know,
3: remember, it's, you said if the Lions went out, they, they get the second seed. I think yes. the best I think the best path for the Philadelphia Eagles lies in that second seed.
2: Yeah, I'm just thinking about who would I rather play. Um,
3: well, in the, fir- in the first round, if they stay where they are, if everything holds up, the Philadelphia Eagles will face off with the Buccaneers.
0: Yeah, the I'm not. Round. I'm not. The first round's not. A- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.
2: Uh, the bottom
3: with the the way this defense has been playing. Isn't
2: any team at the right at this point to the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, sure. But I mean, if you lose to the, anybody at the bottom, whether it's, you know, any of the seven and seven teams uh, or, or whoever comes out of that South, um, you know, you deserve to lose. I mean, if you're, if you're going to lose that game, um, you know, that's a bunch of mediocre uh, football teams. So, yeah, I mean they—they've proven they can lose to anybody, um, so it's not a hundred percent. But I can't be worried about those particular teams. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Detroit, uh, Dallas, and I, I think we talked about Dallas and San Francisco. Detroit could probably, you know, beat them on merit as well, um, just because they're so explosive offensively. And you wonder if the Eagles can keep up at this point. Um, The way their offense... We're so focused on the defense. The offense has been atrocious. And, you know, maybe some of that had to do with Jalen's illness because he made a bunch of bad decisions. Um, Most notably, the last throw to A.J., um, just just a terrible decision. Um, didn't look out off the safety. Seemed to didn't notice that, you know, the corner was giving him 12 yards of cushion. Um, you know, it's just you should walk up, and the Eagles don't play under center, obviously, but you get my point. Um, you should see that at the snap and move on to your second progression, whatever that was. And then the third progression, was everybody's worried about because Kenny Gainwell was wide open. This is not a dump off team. It's just not even if he's wide open. I, I don't know why people keep talking about it. I mean, how I much mean, more how much more proof do you need? And Jalen said it today. So, he got okay, so, so your thing is more buddy, so I'm sorry, by my buddy Ed Kratz. He got asked today, did you see Kenny Gainwell? He said nope. <laughs> he don't know. He doesn't know. He's looking at the other side of the field. <laughs> I don't know why people don't get. He's that. not.
3: Why would he say yeah though?
2: He's Saying not yeah, an owl. Be- He's not. I, I mean, the progression is the progression. Now, A, both AJ and Nick. So, uh, AJ said it. Nick intimated it. Didn't officially say it, but AJ said he was the first. Um, he was the first read on that particular play. So he and then the on second end, the, the second read was probably the guy and I forget who it was I don't have it in front of me it's probably Devonte but I'm not a hundred percent was was running a route over the middle uh, that was probably the second progression um, and then you get to Kenny Gainwell and they don't dump the football off so if so, that surprises anybody I I don't know what to tell you except. Get over it, because that's I, not how they – he would he, he would take off by that point, and you don't mm-hmm. want him taking off in that situation, obviously. So probably throw it away or something of that nature. Okay, so
3: there's so much there. So, okay, fair enough. He didn't look Kenny gamewell's way. But don't you think from a philosophy perspective, that can be somewhat damning? I mean – Basically, what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, he AJ is the first read. He locked in on him, didn't look anybody off, and just <clears throat> stared him down, stared him down the barrel of a gun, and just threw the ball and, and and prayed for whatever to happen. Is that is that what we're pretty much saying? I mean, like like you said, he should have known guy had 12 yards cushion. He should have he should have looked off the safety, yet he didn't do any of those things, and he just locked in on the guy and and didn't really make the second or third read.
2: Um, he definitely didn't go to his second read. He just threw it, and yeah, it's a bad decision by the quarterback, you know, I mean, i I don't know what else to say. It's a bad decision by the quarterback. but you know, for the people that say, and uh you know, actually, I'm looking at i'm I'm, I'm pulling up the play on my computer. Mm-hmm. you know, probably the second read isn't open anyway. Um, so, you know, then it becomes more difficult as well. Um, but for the people saying, well, that's just a terrible decision, uh, a terrible play call, which you, you know, me, I've talked to you enough. I mean, yeah, people, I know you're all about yeah, results.
3: It's all about the results people talk yeah, about. And, right.
2: that, that's all you're talking about. You don't like the result. You have no idea what the play call is. No offense. I don't know what the play call is. So, you know, but I get to ask the coaches what the play call is right and sometimes they tell you sometimes they don't um in this case aj was the one who told us all um and nick sort of as i said sort of confirmed it um and then you can kind of adjust where they were going it would have been either out to the flats or over the middle would have been the second progression um and then the third would be kenny leaking out um but Seattle won the game on the same concept, essentially. They just executed better. The Eagles didn't play as good a defense. Right. Um, they did the same thing. The same I'm gl- thing.
3: I'm glad you said that because, you know, I believe in Matt Patricia's press conference He or Nick Sirianni's, one of the other, one of them mentioned how it's still Sean Desai's, what, game plan or his st- still, it's still whatever Sean Desai is, I guess. Scheme, uh, not his scheme. game. Plan. I'm sorry, it's, it's still it's still a scheme, um, or philosophy, and, and 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 Patricia is still going. Yeah, or philosophy, and Patricia is just going to slowly but surely add things as the season goes. I mean, we I don't know. We
2: can't remake a defense it, exactly, exactly, exactly.
3: So, but to your point, because I didn't expect much, much, much of a different defense in that Seahawks game, and I still don't. So, again, that, that point you said thing we talked about a while back. What was the point of firing Sean Desai if you know damn well this defense ain't going to change but so much? You know there's limited time. Like what, can, what difference can a guy like Matt Patricia make in this short amount of time? Let's be
2: honest. Uh, it's clearly just about they thought in the moment um, Sean was making bad decisions in the moment. So, you know, as an example, third and 10 in Seattle, you know 32nd in the NFL and in, in third down defense um they thought he was making bad decisions in those moments they kind of learned in seattle seattle faced 2 third and 10s on that drive where they won the game mm-hmm. they converted them both. I mean with ease at some at some point you got to look at the personnel um not this is what, more, we, what we're saying from the beginning though yeah. It's more important. It's always more important, but you know, there's and especially in this town, there's so much stress. There's so much, um, there's so much talk about this team. You know, we're lucky enough to have this platform. Um, there's a, there's a hundred more. Luckily we get more viewers than most, but, so we're lucky to have these, these types of platforms. um, always digesting every single moment. You know, I see it all over guys nationally, you know, talking about the same thing. You see the film guys breaking down the film, no offense. Some of them do a great job, but again, if you don't talk to the coaches, you don't know. Um, And, and there's such pressure to live up to on. I've been talking about this since the summer unrealistic expectations, no hiccups, best team in football. If they're not the best team in football, what's wrong? Can't be the players. So who's next? The coaches. Jeffrey Lurie has his history. You're not living up to expectations. There's going to be scapegoats. Sean Desai was the first scapegoat. There will be more if they lose. You mentioned... If they lose to the Tampa Bay in the playoffs, oh, there will be multiple scapegoats. Um, just depends, you know, position coaches, perhaps Brian Johnson. I don't think Nick Sirianni yet, but um, there will be scapegoats. So, um, and it was a panic move, and everybody around the league thinks it was a panic move, and. You know, the Eagles got a bit of a bad reputation. The people in this league, I talked to two executives today who said they did Sean Desai dirty, man. And they did. They did. And I'll be right, you know, Matt Patricia's probably a better football coach than Sean Desai. Not probably. He is. More experience, uh, right,
3: right. But still, got, this, well, the way the, the way the Desai thing was handled, and, you know, we, we can end it on this note, John. I mean, again, you 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 not only do you demote the man you subject him to national television constantly having three four five six camera shots put on him and they talk about him losing his job basically and um, i mean you you hear Troy Aikman and those guys say you know it's look man you got to feel for the guy right i mean like it's it's a it's a terrible like i've never seen anything like it you take a guy's you take a <laughs> You take a guy's pride and his dignity and his job, and you still keep him in the building so he can watch his replacement and get it done.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm I'm surprised that you know Jeffrey and Howie, Howie and Jeffrey don't know how bad that looked, and you know I assume they do now, um, and that, and they'll say they're doing what's best for the team and all so that. Fire kind Fire of them. Stuff.
3: Just fire at that, exactly. at that point. Just fire exactly. him.
2: Exactly.
3: Exactly. If you were so steadfast in your, again, this, now this is me, um, you know, being uh, the firmer side of myself. So, John, you don't have to take any accountability for what I'm about to say. But if you're so steadfast in your decision, if you had such a problem what was going on, you fire the man and show some conviction. You don't keep him in
2: the building. No, I've, I've said that. I've, I've said that since day one. I mean, yeah. Fire him, um, and if you think Matt's better, and that's the way you want to go, yeah, show the courage of your conviction. Uh, and by the way, you know why wasn't Matt the defensive coordinator seven weeks ago? You know, right? That's how you or felt. just hire
3: him in the first place. You had time to find him after the fact. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, it was just again another another notch on the series of uh, mis miscalculations this, by this, the team.
2: This team. Think about, you know, they were 10 and one. And they had two really bad games back to back. San Francisco and Dallas. No, no doubt about it. Right. But it's San Francisco and Dallas. Right. You beat Seattle. Maybe we can move on from that. One, one is the best offense in football. One is averages 40 points a game at home and you played them at home. Mm -hmm. They averaged 40 points a game there. So it's not like they're just beating the Eagles up. The Eagles actually held them under 40. If you want to look at it that way. Um, That's how good they've been at AT AT&T Stadium. And then that part of it, then you have this final month of the season. Seattle, Giants, Arizona, Giants. Improvement is baked in. So Sean DeSai, Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia—they only gave up 300, a little under 300, I think, yardage. So over the final month of the season, the Eagles' defense is going to get better. Naturally, doesn't, doesn't mean anything, um, and doesn't mean anything for Patricia. So it, it's now—it would have been better under Sean DeSai. Is what I'm yes, trying to say. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and I know exactly what you're trying to say. You're right. And you—you you don't give him. him The benefit of the doubt, you hired him. I didn't hire him. You wanted to run this scheme. I don't like this scheme. Um, This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. And there's been some injuries. And it's not, I I can guarantee you, Sean Desai doesn't devalue the linebacker position like Howie Roseman does. He's just got to play with the guys how he chooses. He doesn't devalue the safety position the way Howie does. Um, He's got to play with what he's afforded. It's always, in good times, I say it all the time. It's players, players, players first. In bad times, it's the same thing. And, you know, you can blame it on the coaches all you want, but there's no magic fixes. There's no magic pictures. You can't, especially in week 15, right? And and everybody, and they all get it from the Cam Cameron, the Baltimore Ravens fired Cam Cameron. All right, you can pick one team in the past 50 years that did something stupid and managed to persevere. Um, good luck to the Eagles.
3: Right, not an easy, uh, not an easy task to uh, take down. All right, John, I'm going to let you go, man. I know uh, you got a lot uh, going on after the fact. I appreciate you for taking the time out for the show. Eagles fans, make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys are also subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Um, we still got about three weeks left in the season, you guys, Eagles fans, so stay locked in. We're going to have more content popping out for you guys. Um, Again, you guys were locked in on Football 24-7 with John McMullen. I'm your guy, Tone. the shows the second, and we'll see you next time. Take care.